All right, my friends, welcome back to Your Bible Book by Book. I'm Pastor Luke, and this is the Gospel of Matthew. Gospel of Matthew, uh, for a lot of Christian people, probably doesn't need a ton of introduction. Um, but uh, as you may be uh, new to Bible reading, um, then uh, I want to give you just a, a few things about the Gospel of Matthew that will really, I hope, help you to grasp and understand it um, as, as you're reading through your Bible. And so, uh, Gospel means the good news, and what that refers to is uh, the good news that Jesus is the Messiah and that he came to the world uh, to give us eternal life. And so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, are all telling uh, about the life, the ministry, the miracles, the teaching, uh, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. Um, and in order to prove or to validate that he is the Old Testament uh, prophesied Messiah uh, that that was to come. Um, and so they all do that in, in a, a unique way. They all have a perspective that is just a little bit different than the others. Um, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, there's so much overlap in those three books that uh, we would we call them or refer to them as the synoptic gospels, which means that we see them together. Sin is same and optic is to see. And so we see them together or we understand them uh, or we view them very similarly what we see um, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so there will be a little bit of redundancy as you read through your your Gospels. You'll see a lot of the same stuff. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke um, probably um, are utilizing a, a very similar source. And, and that source is, we think, the Gospel of Mark. Mark um, has been historically um, known and believed to be the first of the Gospels that was written. It was likely very widely circulated, uh, read, and studied. And so uh, Matthew and Luke especially um, probably took the Gospel of Mark and um, expanded on it. Um, they saw some things that, uh, from their own unique perspectives and um, interviewing of other eyewitnesses uh, came to the conclusion that uh, more could be and needed to be said about the life of Jesus. And so uh, they took the opportunity to write their own accounts of the life of Jesus. Um, and so that's what we kind of believe is the bas basic foundation um, it for the Gospels is that uh, Mark wrote his first, Matthew and Luke wrote theirs um, in, in basically in reaction or response to that. Um, and so there are some interesting uh, features about the Gospels. One that uh, I didn't know about until I think I was maybe even in college was that uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, as well as the book of Acts, are all written anonymously, that uh, the author does not um, reveal his name within the book, within the text, um, that what we have uh, deduced and what we have come to understand of the authorship is from internal evidence and from uh, early accounts and, and uh, ancient scholarship. And so uh, we believe with very good confidence that uh, the authors that uh, have we've attributed their names to these books are the correct authors. So Matthew is uh, one of the 12 disciples, and he likely is the author of the, the Gospel of Matthew, uh, also known as Levi. Um, and so, Matthew, uh, some of the unique features of this gospel um, are that uh, he, he writes uh, very particularly to try to give 
um, assurance or, or validity to the kingship of Jesus, that Jesus is the rightful king, the prophesied king that was to come. Um, and so what you're going to see as you read through the, the gospel of Matthew is that um, he is writing a, a very legal argument or case for Jesus' uh, right to be king of Israel. And in response to that, he's also making it clear that the, the nation of Israel has rejected him as their king. Um, but uh, what you see in the Gospel of Matthew is that um, everything points to one of two things, either uh, the precise fulfillment of, of the um, prophecy of the Old Testament in Jesus' life, um, and so you'll see a lot of time in Matthew where it'll reference Scripture, and this was to fulfill the Scripture, and he'll quote Scripture from the Old Testament. Um, and, and that's a, a big part of what Matthew does is, is he um, validates what Jesus is doing in his life through the, uh, the fulfillment of the Old Testament Scripture. Or you have a lot of what Jesus does in his teaching is um, interpreting the Old Testament scripture uh, for the people so that they can understand what was meant in the Old Testament. And so uh, a lot of what you see in Matthew is um, a, a direct reference to the fulfillment of prophecy, the fulfillment of the Old Testament scripture by Jesus, either in word or in deed. And so um, as you read through that, you're going to see uh, two brackets or, or bookends that uh, are important because Matthew includes in his gospel uh, a lot of Jesus' teaching. And so uh, chapters 5, 6, and 7 is what uh, we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount, um, the longest um, discourse of Jesus in the Gospels. Um, and then in chapters 24 and 25 in the Gospel of Matthew, you have what is called the Olivet Discourse. And Jesus is going to talk about the end of days um, and his second coming. And so with between those two brackets, you have a lot of his uh, miracles and his ministry, but also quite a bit of his teaching. And the primary way that we see Jesus teach um, in the Gospels is through parables. And parables, again, this is a word that uh, it means um, to throw beside, uh, to actually toss uh, something parallel uh, beside the path, and, and what that refers to is the idea that Jesus is illustrating concepts with stories. So he's talking about a, a basic concept, and then he'll tell a story about how to understand that. Um, some of the most famous ones, um, the parable of the talents, um, the parable of the, the sower and the soils, and, and things like that. But Matthew has the, the most uh, parables and, and the most uh, extensive teachings of Jesus within his gospel. And so what you understand about all the gospels, and Matthew's is one, um, th is that they don't write um, biographies the same way that we write them now. Uh, of course, uh, the main intention of the gospels is uh, basically a, a biography of Jesus, but um, we tend to start with... Um, physical description, a person, you know, personal development, psychological uh, thinking and, and development and um, and how we would try to understand a, a historical figure. And so most of the modern biographies that you would read would would include a lot of that. And, and yet in the Gospels, we see 
almost none of that. We don't see anywhere that there's much of a physical description of Jesus. Uh, sometimes it'll talk about uh, uh, maybe an article of clothing, um, but that's about it. Um, and, and the reason why is because in ancient biographies, they, they were not keyed into or focused on physical descriptions or, or personal development as much as they were um, on the key events in a person's life that surrounded them and their teaching. And so that's what you, you see in the Gospels. What you get in the Gospels is uh, basically the key events of Jesus' life and then um, the corresponding teaching uh, that uh, he, he uh, brings out through those events. And so some of the unique features of Matthew um, that uh, are important as you see the key events in his life. In Matthew, one of the only or two Gospels, Matthew and Luke, both talk about his birth narrative. Um, and in the Gospel of Matthew, um, because he is um, very focused on the legal requirements of um, Jesus being king, he's going to give you the, the genealogy of Jesus. Jesus has to, or the Messiah has to, be descended from David. Um, and so you have a, a biography that includes the genealogy, and then you have the focus being, because it's legal, um, and it, it's intended to um, help you to understand that Jesus has the, the, the validity to be the king, um, he's going to go through Joseph's, his, his earthly father's uh, line and his earthly father's perspective. And so in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, while he uh, contends for the virgin birth, um, he is going to uh, make it clear that Jesus' legal father, um, who was um, uh, his adopted father, uh, was descended from David, uh, which gives Jesus the legal right to be king. Um, in the Gospel of Luke, you're also going to see that Jesus is biologically descended from David through Mary. But besides the point is that Matthew is trying to give a very clear evidence uh, to the people of Israel that Jesus has the right to be the Messiah. And so um, because he's king, um, what you're also going to see is a unique feature in Matthew is uh, the wise men who come and they worship him as king. They present their gifts to him. And um, the alarming uh, response of King Herod, who uh, understands correctly that Jesus is um, a, a source of contention for him as king, uh, because he, since Jesus is the rightful king, um, then Herod gets very nervous about that. Um, and so uh, the, the key feature um, in Matthew, as, as you put these things together, is the kingship of Jesus, uh, the the val validity of Jesus as king through Old Testament uh, prophecy being fulfilled and, and the word of God being fulfilled in his life and through his teaching um, and ending up with ultimately what he says in Matthew 28, which is uh, one of the most famous things um, in Matthew and unique features in Matthew is that he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he says, then go and make disciples of all nations which is the Great Commission. And so the, the Gospel of Matthew concludes with the authority of Jesus because he is king in, in his right and his ability uh, to send out his disciples to make other disciples. Um, and so those are some of the unique features of Matthew. I hope that you'll read it and enjoy it again. And so that is your Bible, book by book.